Welcome back to the Between the Pages podcast with Maggie and Melissa. Hey, Maggie. How's it going? Hi. How's it? How are you? It's Friday. It is. So I feel great. For us, it's 4 Central, 5.40 Eastern time. So to me, this is a sweet spot in the week. For This is the best time of the week for me. Friday afternoon. Oh, really? The weekend. Yes. To me, this is like golden hour to me. Because it's not the it's the beginning of the weekend, but it's it like it feels that. like the world is your oyster. Exactly. Once it's already for Saturday, I'm like it's over, Grover. Oh yeah, me too. Oh, I think that too. I'm like tomorrow, I got to do chores and stuff. <laughs> Wait, do you ever find this is random? But I I always find that I think in like Central Standard Time and Eastern Time because of like Disney Channel when we were younger, yes. and because they'd be like six thirty, seven thirty Central or whatever. And when you just said the time at the beginning, I was like, I think the same thing. Like if I'm giving people the time or if I'm thinking the time in my head, I'm like 4.30, central or whatever. I don't With know. With the hand gesture so from thanks, the Disney. Disney Channel. Thanks, Disney Channel. No, I honestly like growing up on the on the East Coast, I ha- I felt super like I felt superior than most people because it was East Coast time. Like we got the we got things like we we set the standard for when things were going to be aired. Yeah. And then West Coast time kind of kind of got the shit end of the stick because it was either really early or they would have to wait three hours. That's kind of how it works. Central time to me is luxury. No, I totally it agree. I, I luxury. I wish I lived in central time. Eastern it's time so in good. the winter is like so like it just gets dark so early. But also everybody um on the teams that I work with at work is on central time. Like probably 95% of the people that I function with on a day-to-day basis and I agree it's elite no it's it it really is and then also like when the east coast time like businesses close which for those that don't know our company is east coast based it's like closing hours is 5 30 for me I'd rather be early I'm a morning person it's amazing it is I I'm like I need to move right now (laughs) no I actually like although I literally just signed a lease um I am like I don't know uh I could still move and live in central time Nick is consistently every time like we haven't talked like I haven't we haven't brought you up to him and then you come up in conversation of like oh I'm I'm recording the pod with Maggie he's like so is she moving here so what's the deal (laughs) she's like is she is she she still coming here she's going to say he says that but if that happens he's gonna say why is this girl in my house again <laughs> we would be we'd be insufferable first of all i'm already insufferable to him with um rebecca at times i'm sure that he's like oh my god these bitches are talking on the phone <laughs> with us all three of us insufferable <laughs> he would close the, the he already closes the 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 office door the second he hears me on the phone oh like he quietly gets up and i hear shh, shh. I'm like dramatic, <laughs> dramatic. Sometimes we're really loud. I will admit. No, our octaves of speaking sometimes is not okay. But what do you want from us? Sometimes these are we have loud personalities. Yeah, I live. You know what? I'm not saying you should make every situation dramatic, but sometimes you need a little drama. You need a little energy. Got to keep things interesting. No, and also let me put a bookmark on that because as much as we're going to recap the book today, there I do we haven't done this in a while, but I do want to ca- I do want to catch up on some like TV 
because no for sure we i do too i think we have kind of like begged off of it because it makes the episodes really long but i have things to say we're due for one to say we're due for one and also this was a great quick read so i do think we're probably gonna be able to recap in, in a in a tight amount of time and still give give air to some of our tv watches yeah but in the spirit of that we last month when we selected our book we were just we we wisely just selected one book for this month because there was a lot of things going on one and then two february tends to be a, a shorter month but to our demise it's a leap year so we actually got one more day but totally fine because the next phase of what's to come in the next couple of podcasts is intense so we wanted to be very uh, be smart on how we broach this month yeah and this month's pick was bride by the one and only ali hazelwood Maggie proposed this book and I hadn't realized it was yet to be released. So we really like got, we downloaded, pre-ordered and started it immediately. So we got it yeah. straight off the presses. Cause it came out like the sixth, I think it was great. Honestly, it, was, it was really good because we posted our last episode and then it was out by Tuesday. Um, she's also Saturday. from, or she's lives in Austin. So yeah. And we've been to the coincidentally, all these things happened by coincidence. Um, We've been to the like one of the like local bookstores in Austin that she always um she'll do like book signings there and stuff because it's like her local bookstore. It's called Larkin Owl. If you're ever in the Austin area and you want to go to an indie bookstore, and it's really cute. They have a coffee shop in there too. Very cute. And she does live readings there every time she releases a book. Yeah. They sell out every ticket for her readings. So like she did one for this one. She did one for Checkmate and we missed the Checkmate one. Oh yeah. That's like it, yeah. YA, but it also sounds cute. Yeah. She I really liked her. But in the spirit of that, let's get into it. Um quick synopsis of of Bride by Ali Hazelwood. It's a dangerous alliance between a vampire bride and alpha werewolf becomes a love deep enough to sink your teeth into this new paranormal romance. Misery Lark, the only daughter of the most powerful vampire councilman of the Southwest, is an outcast again. Her days of living in anonymity among the humans are over. She has been called upon to uphold a historic peacekeeping alliance between the vampires and their mortal enemies, the wares. And she sees little choice but to surrender herself in the exchange again. Wares are ruthless and unpredictable, and their alpha low moorland is no exception. He rules his pack with an absolute authority, but not without justice. And unlike the vampire council, not without feeling. It's clear from the way he tracks Misery's eyes every movement that he doesn't trust her. If only he knew how right he was. Because Misery has her own reasons to agree to this marriage of convenience. Reasons that have nothing to do with politics or alliances, and everything to do with the one and only thing she's ever cared about. And she's willing to do whatever it takes to get back what's hers, even if it means alone in the where territory, alone with the wolf. So the the theme of this book is paranormal romance. And this was a TBT for me. I I hadn't oh. read it like a, like a werewolf vampire since truly Twilight. I, Twilight. I have. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was going to ask you, actually, if you're, like, familiar with, like, I, I didn't know how familiar you were with, like, the werewolf lore that you were exposed to in this book. Um, because there's, like, a huge, this is a huge genre. Like, specifically, like, werewolf alpha type stuff. I 
haven't from a I thought you at first I was like Melissa might be like <laughs> no 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 I for me it's not book wise I've watched a ton of tv mm. on werewolf lore like yeah. a ton of tv yeah, the vampire diaries teen wolf um the sci-fi channel had not sci-fi is a sci-fi channel they had a like two two shows like one was werewoman like it was a werewolf girl and then the other one was the but they have they they're known to have werewolf romance was it good type of shows yeah yeah i'll put you on good. i'll put you on i have okay watched, but i don't think i ever watched anything on sci-fi but okay yeah put me on they have really good shows i gotta put you on the magicians is really i have good. heard that that's good my hairdresser told me that was good it's really good um but back to bride back to bride <laughs> what was your favorite part of the book Sorry, Maurice is trying to scratch my touch. Um, my favorite part of the book, honestly, I thought it was pretty hot. <laughs> it was really good. Me. Um, but what I actually did like about the book was that it really surprised me because at the beginning I was like, um, I just I just was like worried it was on this like trend where I was like, oh my gosh, is this whole book going to be like poor misery, poor misery, poor misery, like from her, like I didn't Mm -hmm. want her to like be just like permanently sad all the time. And obviously there were parts where she was sad and parts where I was like, that sucks. But I didn't feel like it was so like gluttonous of being like, oh my God, like, you know what I, sometimes it can be like too, it like can cross a line where I'm like, okay uh let can we can we have can she have any other feeling outside of sadness like and that she like is not loved by her family that much so I was glad that it turned around and I think that that was one of my favorite components of it because I have read so many like romance books where I'm like oh so that is the only facet of your personality is like yes that you're like sorry for yourself yeah not to say that she didn't have like right like you know right to but I was like glad because at I think maybe like the first 30 pages or so I was like uh uh-oh uh-oh I do think a big part of that has to do that this character is written like she's a little bit older than usual like fantasy romance books or like paranormal romance they tend to be like in their early 20s and like 19 or 20 like 19 to pretty much 23 and at that age you're you're still kind of going through the through the like the valleys and the highs of the trauma you experience so you, it's really hard to expect a character at that time to have all her eggs or make peace with what it was and make something out of it moving yeah. forward but i think because this was an older pov she had she's kind of found resolution and maybe it's not the best resolution she's still working out the kinks but she's gone through that part herself where she herself has matured so she can at least like move forward in a way that she's like okay i know what i have to do to get by this i've I've gone yeah. through the emotions and the effects of this so i think that that actually did weigh in yeah and she I like, like that separated too. herself from the situation yes she was like cool well i'm gonna live in the human world or like the human area of town and i'm gonna get a job and i'm gonna have my own apartment she really said my life she really said i'm a nine to five girly yeah she really <laughs> did say i'm a nine to five girly no, I, I agree. But that's something you could only get with with maturity and with age. Yeah, I agree. It would not happen with like uh in like a 18 to 22, 24 even. Like, no, you're not even a, YA. You're not fully. Like your brain is not fully 
developed and you're, you're still finding yourself at that age. I mean, hell, we're still finding ourselves at our age. Yeah. Um, so I can only imagine. No, I agree. I think that, that for me, my favorite part of the book is I am always a big proponent of I love dropping me in immediately. Yeah. Put me in. I love being put oh, in yeah, the that it was like seat. immediately the wedding. Yes. And that's kind of tricky. Not everyone can do this. You have to be somewhat of a seasoned writer to do this because when you take this approach, it means that you have the capability of world building immediately. You need to build a world for me immediately because if you if you jump immediately into the plot of the of the book or like the climax of the book and you don't have the skills to world build, you can lose. You're, you're all over the place. You don't even know what, where you're at. So I, that was my favorite part. I, I think that's something that, and I'm assuming because Allie has written like, I think she drops like a year, like three or four books to be yeah. honest. Uh, but that was my favorite part. Yeah. I also liked, and I think that I liked this because I had just read read uh, the first Mistborn um, book. And in those books, like every chapter had like a little blurb from something else. And then, like in this case, it was from Lowe's point of view it was like that little blurb at the beginning of the chapter. Mm-hmm. I just really liked that. So well, she- I do like that. Like, And I think that was from his point of view too. Yeah. Or like his, his thought, which I really liked too. And actually like the more I think about it, Another part I did like is that she was a tech girly. She, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, per. She was a yeah. tech girly. She was like in the know. Well, that's and- like Allie Hazelwood's thing too, because like all of her other series is like girls that are in, in STEM, STEM, and then <laughs> this. So it's like she nice when they have some. Her. It's nice when they have something else going on. A lot of times when it's not fan, when it's contemporary romance. I like let him let's give him a real job you know which is the one that we read recently it might have been a lucy score book i don't remember but the one that she would build she built she built steps for dogs oh, to get yeah. into the bed oh you know who it was <laughs> it's um abby jimenez i think was it i no way it was it was that oh. one book um Oh my God, you're right. Which I'm shocked, which is why I actually said maybe we should try it reading a part of your world because that's the book that I think everybody like really liked. Mm-hmm. But that was wild to me. I mean, if you do that and you're listening, more power to you. I bet you love your job, honestly, because no, you, you would have free. to be very passionate about it to do that. But I don't know. I've never, have you ever never met anybody business? that does that before. Okay. Did you race to the end or was it more of a slow burn for you? I wouldn't say it was a slow burn, but my parents are moving. So when I started this book, I was like traveling home and like moving all this stuff. So I had to take breaks, which is not always my style. I like to binge read. But every time I was reading it, I was like very excited to know what was about to happen next. Like when I put it down, it wasn't because I was like, I don't want to read this anymore. It was because I like felt it was falling asleep or had you know to do life things so I wouldn't say it was a slow burn but it just took me a while to get through it for those reasons I raced to the end the way I released this book it was on well Nick we went to go see a UFC fight at a bar and I took my Kindle Nicholas and I were arguing the entire time to the bar but I was like I get like I'm bored I need to read something and I had I was right there like I was in the middle of the book like you you cannot go back once yeah. you pass a 60% point of a oh, book, I agree. you're in it. 
you're right. in and you cannot drop. So for me, it was a race to the end, like in the positive way, not race to the end, meaning like, I you were like, I got to find out what happens. No, no, no. It was like race to the end in the sense that I was like, oh, this is so good. I can't. And it didn't feel like a slow burn. I think it was like appropriate amount of time from, from when you start to like the, you know, between Missouri and low starting to get acquainted and stuff. So for me, it was like overall, it, it was a race to the end in the best possible way. Yeah. Okay. Um, Do you have a scene that stuck out for you or like a, a scene in the book that you're like, oh my, this was like the moment that I either laughed or like, um, was like maybe a smutty scene that really stood out to you or yeah, a character scene, scene that really said it was hot as fuck when they were at Missouri's <laughs> human world apartment. I thought it was really hot. <laughs> that's all you have to say maggie <laughs> stick out to me um i'm thinking i'm thinking i'm thinking i mean one thing that stuck out to me it wasn't like a specific i can't think of a specific moment because it happened a couple times but i it really stuck out to me the whole thing where she was like though in the world they say that werewolves have green blood uh-huh uh, I did not and that so they blush and they get tinged green I thought that was a weird I could believe that for vampires they would have purple that seemed yeah. less fun to me because like purple and red like a really deep red could look purple but the green that threw me off I was like weird so the apartment scene her human apartment scene when was your yeah your stuck out scene I think for me was when they're um in the kitchen and she's eating peanut butter, she tries peanut butter. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. scene one made me laugh and also stuck out for me because she it was funny to find out like they didn't realize like the all these misconceptions they had about vampires. It seems like there was more misconceptions on vampires and werewolves. And it was that they don't eat, but yeah. she really likes peanut butter for some reason, or she learned to like peanut butter via her her foster sister Serena who this is a person she's looking for for those who obviously read the book um and then him watching her eat the peanut butter and then it became like erotic <laughs> I was like okay I'm like who who would have thought that peanut butter yeah do you think that peanut butter I mean I don't I don't know it's so sticky and like I don't know they played it off really well they know they did but I think for me personally I mean that's not where I'm going you know like yes <laughs> That's not the snack food I'm going for. Are you somebody that can eat a spoonful of peanut butter just like as a little pick me It's up? not something I go for, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm not either. My my sister does that and she's always been that way. And I'm always like, I don't know about that. I feel like we saw that a lot growing up in, in like kids' movies or like teen yeah. movies. It was like that. Peanut butter, they were really pushing that on us. I think that was a secret agenda by the FDA. Peanut butter or the marshmallow whip? Jar? Oh, yeah, we I never had that as a kid. Me though. either. But I was like, oh my God. Elite. Yeah. <laughs> my like, mom would have been like, I'm not buying that. <laughs> no, so so for me, it was that scene. And then also that no, I take it back. It wasn't it's that scene. It's when they go and travel to the former Alpha's mate's house and they're oh. trying to put a bug on her computer to track her web yes. browsing. Yes. And they and she it's the first time that she sucks his blood. Yeah. And then she obviously owes in the yeah. office. That scene to me was peak. Yeah, peak, it was peak. really good. That was the one. Okay. That was the scene that stood yeah, out yeah. to me. That was hot. 
it was hot and then they the people the guards come in and they're like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> they were like they're about to fuck in there <laughs> i love i like what made me laugh is that like i thought they were gonna just let it be but they really went and told on them yeah <laughs> but i thought that that was like my my scene the scene that stuck out to me the most that i really like too what did you think of the writing I thought it was good. I don't know. I mean, I didn't think uh, like nothing stuck out to me as like, okay, actually, no, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> there are a couple times. I think this is just like a personal preference because I don't really use like that type of slang. But like, I think she used like fuck waffle a couple times. Oh, yeah. There was like a, a, and I like was like, one or two words. And I was like, I think that's also like maybe an age thing because I think she's a little bit older than us. Um, Allie Hazelwood. And I just that is like that language always reminds me of like those. I has cheeseburger memes. Do you know what I'm talking know. about? It's like a cat. They're old. It's like beyond us. Like, OK, it's, it's like a. am trying to think like it's like the internet humor and like meme humor of people that are a little bit older than we are. Maybe, maybe significantly older, but I, I don't know exactly like what generation, but it's not, it's not our generation um, or people in our age group. So I just think like when people say things like fuck waffle and stuff, I'm like, I'm not, it's just like kind of takes me out of it a little bit. I'm like, what? it gives me cringe. And when but, I experience yeah. cringe, I'm like, Oh, but then again, I also like have worked with people before that like use that terminology and it's not, it's not, um, it's just not something I would laugh at. Like, I feel like that was yeah. something to make people laugh. So sometimes it's, I think it's similar to me when like people are like, I called an Uber instead of me just being like in the book, they're like, I called a car. It just takes me out of it a little bit. So I thought that if there was like one aspect of the writing that I would prefer wasn't there, I don't love that. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to stop reading the books. Like, I will definitely read her next book. Okay, cool. No, I agree. Like, for me, it's like whenever they throw, like, one of those, like, those zing words or zinc phrases, I'm like, like yeah. I really can, I like, convulse a little. Literally, I expected more of this because of what the theme of the book was. And yeah. it just comes naturally. But there was it. And I really like that. Like, for a smut for those who have read smutty books especially smutty fantasy paranormal books the way it can become so cringe yeah so you really have to push through and i didn't feel like i had to push through yeah not i didn't feel like that at all no like she she did a really good job of keeping it still like she had her moments but it wasn't anything that tint that tinted the writing for me yeah i also just think it's like people different people find different things like cheeky so like something that I might think is cheeky and like kind of like silly and cute somebody else might not and same like you know back but I I don't I would never want it to come off that like we're shitting on the author like whoever the author might be because especially specifically in Allie Hazelwood's um circumstance uh she like originally was writing fan fiction and I feel like a lot of authors that originally wrote fan fiction get like shit on a lot about their writing style and like, la, 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 la. but like she's a number one bestseller. And um, I, I there's some fan fiction I read when I was in like middle school that I still think about to this day. So all the authors that feed us now wrote fan fiction. Literally. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want it to sound like we're shitting on her because that's not the case at all. And no, like no, I said, no, no, I would no. I'm absolutely going to read the next book. No, I, I would too. Was like, is there any character that really stood out to you that you really liked or any dynamic that you really liked? 
I usually don't like kids in books. I liked the dynamic between Misery and Anna and Lo in this yes. book. And you didn't feel forced. It felt like natural. Yeah. Um, so that stuck out to me, but I think maybe honestly I liked misery too so I do too I think I like the dynamic she had with her brother it was realistic to like the circumstances of how she was brought up as like the there's a, a term that they they use for the so in the book I'm assuming you've read this already but they as a way of like keeping peace is that they offer one of their own into one of the other lands. So meaning they send a vampire to human territory and they send a human to vampire territory. And if either party ever, you know, crosses lines, they would kill the leverage or like the pond that they would, that they sent elsewhere. And so I really liked her relationship with her brother because it was like, he loved her and he looked out for her. But at the same time, it was a very complicated relationship because he had there was social norms that came with her being the trade in from the vampire. Yeah. And so like he would refrain due to social norms within the vampire territory that where he would, wouldn't talk to her in public or he would. Yeah. Like, but even then, I believe they're twins. He still loved her and cared for her. And it, and all that was pushed aside when they essentially force her to marry low in in efforts to make uh uh you know come to peace with the vampires and the werewolves and i really like when that dynamic of them talking and realizing that relationships can be complicated but they can work you can make it work if there's love i also liked that um for like i feel like in a lot of vampire stuff there's like this thing where it's like the scent of their blood is like I can't oh my control God. myself because I want to <laughs> like, and I was very glad that that was not a fa- like a facet of this book. Uh, I always just think about like Twilight, <laughs> and like it was just so cringe at a point. And I was glad that they did. Like I think that's just a very easy thing to fall into when you're writing about vampires. And I was really glad that that was not like there was a whole thing about like how like he was like could smell her and like like but it wasn't about blood and stuff yeah so that was refreshing it was smart how that played out because it 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 is very much that line and that works in YA books and because of the audience as you get older it kind of loses its tracking but I think Allie did an amazing job to like remind you of those books that we read growing up but still keeping it mature like I really love her approach of it like it was a mature version of the things that we read when we were younger I really loved that I agree. Would you con- would you recommend this book? Yes. Me too. I really <laughs> like that. Look, you were giving me like a side eye. No, no. Um, no, I would definitely recommend it. Do you Especially have any for people that like romance. Yeah, I think it's a great like if you just finished a a series of books and you want or or you're trying to get either you finish a series of books and you're a little hesitant to drop um, to start another one but you want to keep your reading going I think this yeah. is a great book or if you haven't read in a while and you want to get back into fantasy romance this is a great book to get you back into it mm-hmm. I, I I think it works really well for either or yeah it moves right the pacing is really good like it moves really quickly so 
um, I always think it's it's nice to have something that's easy to get through if you're trying to get back into reading. If you can ask Allie anything from this book, what would you ask her? Any lingering questions? Girl, I need to know that we're actually going to get a sequel with Miss Serena. <laughs> oh, yeah, because at the end, Serena's alive. Spoiler alert. Not spoiler alert. And we know we don't know that she made it with the guy because remember mate mates can be a one-way thing it doesn't yeah. have to be but it seems that he did with her but he did with her well, i forget his name cohen. i think it was cohen but like k-o-e-n oh, you're right i was saying it as cohen but it could be like just cone but i think it's cohen i don't Allie, know is it cohen Allie, that's our question <laughs> we need to know did it um, remind you of anything you've written? Like, did it, did the, like, the writing strike you as anything original? Like, did it, because you know, we've read other books and we're like, that book reminds me of Hunger Games or that book reminds um, me. Did this book remind you of anything you've read previously? For me, it didn't. Like, it, it, it in the sense of like anything as vampire and werewolves, you know, you're going to be like, oh, you're going to reference Twilight, you're going to reference anything else. But in plot story, like, wise, it didn't, at least for me, it wasn't. It didn't remind me of another book. It didn't remind me either because I I think that a, like the standard trope a lot of times in like vampire, the werewolf romance, it's like the stakes feel very high for the relationship and like, oh my God, like they're dangerous to each other. Like I feel like that's usually the stakes. I thought that in this, the stakes, because it was in Misery's point of view, was what was going on, how they were going to find Serena, like how she was like struggling with this outsider and like otherness where she like didn't really feel like she belonged anywhere. Like those were the stakes in the book. And I felt that, yes, it was a romance. And obviously that was a big facet. Uh, I have not read a book before where there's more on that. And like her honestly being for a lot of the book, a little bit oblivious that he even like liked her. Yeah. Um, and I thought I had not read a book like that, especially with these types of characters. You like, again, I've said it a thousand times, I think, but it's usually like they're going to hurt each other or like, you know. Yeah, I like that it was no bullshit yeah. type of thing. You know what? I just remember too that other scene in the, it's in the same trope of when they go visit the, his former, the former Alpha, the South West, yeah. Southeast clan. Um, when they are on the plane and he has to get his scent on her hot. so he like it was so hot but again these are all moments everything we're talking about is like those things where you're like in real life somebody did that said that to me i'd be like what is wrong with want- you you scary <laughs> creepy person get away from me no true there's only like a few men in this world that are like look wise and have that type of swag that can make this not no, come off that way if, if you're walking down the aisle in an arranged marriage situation and the guy like freaks out and then she thinks that he thinks she smells no i would be like um i know i'd be like i have to escape literally so i i think we both agree i would love to know my question to her would be like I agree. Like, is there a sequel? And I think Serena's story is so interesting because yeah. her point of view is like she grew up this girl that was in foster. Her best friend, sister, was a vampire. She didn't realize she didn't find out she was a werewolf until later in life. And she's essentially a hybrid like Anna, who, yeah. who's low sister. And like, I would love to see her journey of like 
finding her identity. Like, I think that yeah. would be a great follow-up. I think so too. And um, I, I also liked that, um, like, even though Serena knew certain things about like how she ended up getting sent to be with Misery and like be her companion, basically as a child, I liked that at the end of the book, they like didn't have this falling out or like this thing where they're like, I still love you, but I don't trust you. Like, I thought I liked that Misery and Serena, like both understood why certain things had happened and they didn't, we didn't have to get into this like third act where now there's a new conflict that like the, the best friend's sisters are like mad at each other. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. And I, you know who did that, where that happened a lot. It happened in iron, like fourth through an iron flame. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my. I was like, violent. The ongoing, the circle, the cyclical fighting and arguing. It's like, girl, take a break. Like, you got a lot of things. Forgive this man for his sins. I do need to know, like, Serena, who was taking you to the bathroom? How how was that happening? Were you getting (laughs) showers? I was thinking about that. No, but truly. I was wondering. I was also, wait, did you see when they found her? I was seeing it that she was in, like, a glass box like in in you that that's how you imagined it when she found her yeah that was because like i don't know i was thinking something like that i i consider like a steel door because she's a werewolf oh yeah so i consider it was like something like that but you know what the way that they got us off the scent of her dad was so good oh i think so too i was gonna say i actually obviously we i knew there was some type of double agent or something going on but I did not, I did not, I couldn't figure out who it was by the time we got the reveal, basically. He, he had exited my mind by then. And yeah. I was like, I was like, they had convinced, and I tend to be really good about this. I was really like, oh, it's this lady. Like she has every motive to do yeah. this. And then to find out it's her dad. Like I was like, duh. Like it was, yeah, I was like, like he, we so should have known he hates her basically. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> doesn't give a shit about her. He's like, go ahead, kill her. He married her to a werewolf. Like, what? How did we just bypass that? I'm like, daddy issues. Maybe I have. I that. know. Oh, <laughs> I'm worried about those other kids. Like, what about the human kids? Who's the human? I'm like the human. Do you think the vampire kids messed up? The human kids. No, no, no. I, I feel would, like they're probably the really my parents. Up. <laughs> how fucking dare you? <laughs> Imagine trading your human child. I mean, they obviously traded like foster children, like that. I'm assuming that's what they did. Yeah, but alas, the book came to an end, and hopefully, Allie writes a sequel highlighting Serena and Cohen or Cohen's relationship and what it what it's like for her to now find out she's a hybrid. Please, Allie, we want more. It was really good. This is my first Allie Hazelwood book I read. Um, I've read the other. I don't, I don't think I read the entire series, but I definitely read two of the STEM girls, STEM gals. You read series. Love Theoretically. Uh, yeah, and I liked Love Theoretically a lot. Um, I also read The Love Hypothesis, which one, it was like trending or, you know, is that what it's called? Trending? I'm having a brain fart. Um, and that one, I got through it really quick. It, I liked The Love Hypothesis or I liked Love Theoretically more. Okay. Have you read any Tessa Bailey one of, books? I have. I think I don't know. I feel like I have. They're kind of similar, but different different types of characters. But I feel like you would like those two probably. There's one in, in that 
Maggie sent me that I, I'll probably read before we jump into the next one. But before we go into our TV recap, Maggie and I have been talking about what is going to be our next book. And we've been really like circling around, like, how do we want to approach this? Like, how do we want to go, go, go and do this? Because we want to make sure that we spread these out, but pump these out as, as quickly as possible without inundating. And we decided we're going to do the throne of glass series. I am so excited because I actually started the series, read the first two books and kind of in the middle of the third one, but I stopped. And this, my problem was that I guess this worked out in the long run. I started over the holiday break. There's too many things happening during Christmas. Yeah. It's not and a great time to read, honestly. It's not. And so Maggie and I were like, what do we read? We're, we're either going to do that or Crescent City. And then we decided to do um, Throne of Glass, um, mainly because I had already started. And Maggie's like, I want to reread it. Maggie has read the entire series. Uh, yeah, um, I've read it through once, but I have not reread it. But I should because I'm a, like I said, I'm a binge reader. And then I get to the end and I'm like, now I know what happens. So I can read it like, at my leisure now and yeah. like notice things so it's the, the year of realizing things or whatever she really is in her kylet spirit guys um so the first book will be throne of glass and um we'll probably try to cover we'll cover that one book and then we'll we'll try to aim for it to cover the first two books in march if not we'll definitely adjust schedule and, and post it on the on the instagram um, but it will definitely be doing Throne of Glass. I'm really excited to go back to Sarah J. Mass. I really love her writing styles. And it's exciting to see like one of her first series because the first series I ever read was Akatar. And uh, this is a different flavor. I, I think, yeah, I think Throne of Glass is better than Akatar, personally. That's what everyone says. So, and I really, what I've read thus far, I have really liked. And to, and this this is my claim to fame for a book. If the book doesn't have smut, but the plot is does it for you and carries you through and you don't even think about the smut, that's a winner to me. Yeah, I agree. Because if the plot is crap, you're like, where's the smut? Where's the smut? I'm I'm looking for the smut. But the plot of the story is so good that I don't even consciously think of it. Like if yeah. it happens, I'm like, oh, great. But it's not something I'm craving. Yeah, I agree. Just wait, though. No, no, you know what? Like Maggie today, she's in her green. <laughs> Before we move on, how in in the spirit of bride, how many peanut butter jars would you give this book out of five? I think I give it four, four out of five. I agree. I think it was four a stars out of five. You know that song? It's a fucking Arctic Monkeys song. I love Arctic Monkeys. Wait, what song did you sing? Because I know or they're four, four out of five or four star. It's from. I'm gonna look it up and send it to you. Oh my! It's so from no, the I tranquility based hotel and casino album. Please. The way I, the way I felt about Alex Turner in college needs to be studied immediately. No, I and think when a lot that, of people are there with you. When he did that cover of of the live lounge. Of Drake's song, Passion Fruit, I think it was oh. Passion I was, I need to be put down clinically. Put me in a coma, sir. You know what song that they did in the BBC Live Lounge that I, you, you sent it to me. We already had a conversation about this, but I cannot get it out of my head. Is that that cover? I don't know what band it was. I had never heard this band before in oh. my life, but they did a cover of Murder on the Dance Floor. It was so good. I, it was so good. It's always there. He covered, yeah. the song that they covered uh, was Hold On, We're Going Home. 
Arctic Monkeys covered that from Drake. Guys, if you have not seen it, go watch it. It is incredible. Incredible. Okay, so what do we want to live recap? We have a, we got to keep it short because the girls got places to go, people to see this weekend. Whoa, so whoa, do we want to go? Do we want to do Bravo? Do we want to do Netflix? Have you watched Love Is Blind? Oh, I have. You're caught up, right? Let's talk about I that. Caught up. It's, we Love have decided. Love is blind. What? Um, we got the 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 second three episodes. It was three episodes they gave us yeah. this series. Which honestly, I didn't think that was enough. I should. I think we should have got four. I needed more. I I was they they hoodwinked me because I thought we were gonna see Jess. The, these three oh episodes. yeah but we just got like a little clip okay so tell me what are your immediate thoughts we have our couples are i they, don't think a single one of these couples is gonna make it to the altar either. or that maybe they make it to the altar but they i they're not gonna say yes i honestly hope i hope and pray for these people that they don't say yes what so we think? have we have different couples i agree i think from where we started to where we are now first of all we're already on shaky ground from the beginning to where yeah. we are now and the couples are dropping like flies let's start with i forgot her name ken and who i thought were my most promising couple oh, and yeah, then the ken second is- they they got back that man got a hold of that phone and never put his eyes up i don't think he's seen that girl since they got back that was so <laughs> strange that was so strange that whole thing is her name Brittany? ken and brit no i almost said jessica but that's not her name yeah, it is Kenneth and Brittany. She's so sweet. She is precious. This man got back to to Charlotte, got a hold of his cell phone, has not looked up at her. He said, you said to me. <laughs> he said, He's like, get out of my house. He said, this vacay was fun and all, but you need to leave. Yeah, I felt like for him, I was just like, I don't really feel like you really wanted to get married because. It was weird. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. It seems strange. Then Jeremy and Lauren, I knew he was trifling. Oh, Jeremy with an A. Okay. Jeremy. Jeremy. Uh, they are not meant to be. I love Lauren. Yeah, I think she's getting a bad edit, if I'm honest. Laura, sorry, Laura. I think she's getting a bad edit because... She honestly seems like one of the most rational like um, women yes. on this season. And I definitely get the impression that she definitely kind of has like a biting sense of humor. But I think she's getting a really bad edit, which is baffling to me because I think he seems kind of like a fool. No, he is a fool. And Everyone... it's not because he didn't go to college. I don't give a shit about that. It's no, the no, way he's, he's acting fool. is foolish. The way that she caught him in his lot in his lie this week. That is a one-on-one study for women's sociology. And the way he was like. Gaslighting. He was was trying. Yeah, he he was was building it one on her. She's like, sir, I have your location, please. No, but Um, she was so smart on how she played that out. She was like, I don't know. That I don't know what your take was on this. um, But. Hold on. I don't know what just happened. My take on the jeremy thing with the other girl what's her name sarah ann sarah ann and i think they're together the tiktokers have been piecing like clips from the show definitely the girl that he cheated with if he cheated no he did but i'm saying i think they're still together right now but okay this is my thing like to me he was just giving me like weak-minded because 
I knew he did not agree with her when they were talking about like their political beliefs, but he is of the mind that he thinks he thought in the pods that he was like, I think she's hot enough that I don't care. And I was like, that is a really not, you know, it's just kind of yucky. Like, I don't know. To me, that's yucky. I agree. And I, I really got the impression. I was like, why are you even asking? Cause I can tell that you think she's hot enough like that. You don't care. So don't pretend like you do care. And too bad because at the beginning when I saw him, I was like, oh, he's cute. I thought he was the cutest, one of the cute guys there because he has like that, like, I don't know. I, I found him cute. But I didn't as even I, consider it once the weird, like, uh, tropical shirt thing. No, you're better than me. <laughs> no, um, you're nicer than I am. I'm like, mm, stop. We have, so we did Kenneth, Brittany, we yeah. did um, Jeremy and Laura, and now we have Amy and Johnny who I thought was like, okay, when we were in the honeymoon, I was like, okay, maybe those two might go far. Now I'm like, they're not. They're both immature. I thought it was wild that they were the first couple to propose. Or that's the first that they showed us. I was like, you guys, I don't even feel like you're having meaningful conversations at all. At least, again, they're not showing us that in the edit, but... It was not a good edit. It was like, you like bananas? I like bananas. Yeah, they you like sandwiches? Like, I like sandwiches. I, she was the only one, again, she's the only one that shared anything like emotional that we saw about her brother and everything. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to last. He reminds me of somebody. I can't figure out who it is, but there's somebody in re- like reality TV lore. I can't put my finger on it, but he either one of the challenges or real real world. He reminds me. I I can't remember either. I could see him on one of those shows in general. But the big standout item for this week was that the whole thing about her getting on birth control and how he would like he is very adamant about like condoms are not enough. That to me was like as someone who me personally, I did not like I got on birth control very like in my 20s, like mid. Really? Yeah. Like I started birth control with my fiance like. I had never been on birth control before and thinking back now, like I wish I would have never done it because the way that birth control, like now I do it because I'm like, okay, I've, I built out this convenience, I, whatever. But though I personally did notice a difference in my body and my mood change, especially yeah. the first like three years I was on birth control. It's not like a six month thing for me. I really regulated after three years the first three years I had mood swings, weight gain, like act like it was a fluctuation of stuff and horrible migraines. So to make him, for him to make it, put it on to her to like, just do it. It's like so man of you to tell this woman to go and get on birth control. Like I was like, shut your goddamn mouth. You know, nothing. And like, she has all the right to be hesitant to get on birth control for this man that she met two hours ago who she's now fiance to who she's getting married to like also it's a little bit too much he also i mean i think i if my memory serves me she was the one that told him she wasn't taking birth control and then he told ad he was like i just assumed okay well you really you really shouldn't you fucking idiot <laughs> like, no and his whole rationale about having the right money like and, and being prepared before they have children no one argues that no one's gonna argue that of course you want to have want to start having children when you have everything figured out. You know you're you're financially stable where you can give that to to your kid. No one will argue that make that argument. But to then like you do know you're marrying this person, right? Yeah. Like even once you decide you're marrying this person, like her getting pregnant is a possibility at all times. It yeah. just feels a little bit weird that like you'll rush into marriage, but you won't like 
you're you're rushing to marriage and buying a house but the kid (laughs) yeah it just feels like very picky and choosy when you signed up for is the express package yeah so so just based on that i don't see amy like really I don't think she's going to say I I already am very certain she's not going to say yes because of her dad and also because she's not compromising on the sex thing. And I just think she's that not. like if she I think that she would be. I mean, maybe I'm like, I don't know. I just am like, I definitely think they're not going to last. And honestly, good for you, girl. And then lastly, <laughs> the couple who have taken this show by storm we jimmy and chelsea we jimmy have <laughs> we have two we have also um ad and clay oh tell me how i forgot about those two do them first let's do them first let's do them first ad and clay what are your thoughts i just think he's like immature and i think he's emotionally immature and i i feel like she is pretty mature um yes and I really hope she does not say yes to him um i i kind of get bad vibes from him you know, the whole meeting of the mom and, like, her not being... Like, the whole thing is, like, very... Wait, I got so confused about the work stuff, too. It made no sense to me. I was like, what are you doing? Like, sounds like you're working 24 hours a day. Yeah, and, like, why are you sleeping away? These are, like, the prime days about you should be spending with her. Like, it just seems, like, very poor planning on his part. And also, just, like, you're sleeping away. Like, the convenience factor doesn't work for me here because, like, you signed up for this job, for the show, and, like, you're in the the precipice of the moments leading up to you getting married like spend time with her also like shaming her yeah why are you shaming her she took time off for this she did the right thing think i would you have said no and like stopped seeing him in the pods when he asked her what she looked like and then said he like had this very certain expectation about like what he wanted the woman he was with to look like which defeats the purpose of the experiment yeah i would have said no that gave me such a red flag no yeah she's definitely more mature and he's already like setting the basis of like i'm scared of hurting you or not living up to your expectations okay then how about you just live up to my expectations and stop saying it um it sounds like you're basing me because you're about to fuck me over yeah literally i'm like okay so what are you doing Hmm? no i i agree like 80 and i've been seeing her lately she's looking great i feel like she's so cute She's so cute. I will say the the bangs were not doing it for me, but recently I saw her on TikTok live or, or I think Instagram live, and it, she's looking great. Someone told yeah. her grow out those bangs. Um. <laughs> and lastly, Jimmy and Chelsea. I am not even gonna get into the whole Megan Fox thing because I feel like it's been tired and bored. But I will say this: my baby girl has. She's not wrong. If you look at her, I do see aspects of Megan Fox. It's like her eyes. Yeah, yeah. No, she wasn't lying when she said it's because of the light eye, the blue eyes and the dark hair. She's dead right. But the way that she tossed that in and how she she manipulated. She planted that. She planted it. And that's where I have a problem with it. Well, like I I said, pick me. That's the whole thing. It's unfortunate that it's about looks. Because now it looks like everybody's being like, you're ugly. I don't think you're ugly at all. I just think that was like the most pick me shit you could have ever done. Like, you know, what came out was that they didn't include this in the edit. But apparently Jimmy said that he looked like Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) And you know what? It's same different as what she said. Same color tone, same hair color, not the same. 
it is the same flavor of her saying she looks like Megan Fox as him saying Christian McCaffrey. So I found that hilarious that they did not include that in the edit. He doesn't look like this guy at all. He looks less like this guy than... Uh, he looks as Megan Fox. Yeah. But it's the same difference. Like, she, someone told him you have the same hair color and tone as Christian McCaffrey. And he went, well, okay. Like, but I thought that was so funny that the editors did not include that. But that was something he did say. I was like, okay, you guys were setting up my girl, my girl Chelsea up for disaster. But I will say this past week, she did not look good. That no, kitchen scene was detrimental. Care. Yeah. You can tell she's pretty insecure. Which like, always like, makes me sad. Cause like I I mean everybody has experienced insecurity before. And it, I do think it's sad when it's like the kind of debilitating for people. Um, but girl, she should have picked Trevor. I think that they would have actually got married. I think we, we still have episodes to see. I think she really picked the wrong one. And no, I think no. he's way I think he was he was way cuter than Jimmy. I think they make a better pair. Yeah. Kelsey and Trevor, they look more like uh compatible than what she has with Jimmy. Well, and he and knows I, her better because he said yeah. to her, he was like, You were the only person that I was like going for. Well, we're gonna see them this next week on Wednesday when they have that pool party. She meets Trevor for the first time and she tell like you can totally see their vibing. And then you see Jess comes and so does Sarah, Sarah Ann. And Sarah Ann reveals to, I don't know who she's talking to, but she says like, Jermaine made it sound like he had nothing going on with Laura when we hooked up. Um, And then you see Jess meets Jimmy and Jimmy tells her he she's still his number one, which is like, you know what? A lot of people are giving Jimmy shit, but this is the point of the experiment. Yeah. They, like, I think- They're like, does they- this work or not? Exactly. And- that's gonna be really interesting this week. I think there's a lot, but I honestly think this is a season no one gets married. I, I agree. I think that's fine. I think like it's a it's an experiment. The whole show is based on experiment. Experiments fail. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I'm eating it up. All right. I think we, that was the quickest TV recap we've done. But with that, Maggie, any last words before we enter the weekend? Nothing, guys. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> okay, no, there's nothing. Happy leap year! All right, guys, catch you on the next one. We'll Throne post the reading um schedule that's coming up, but definitely get your throne of glass because that's where we're going, and get right buckle in for the ride because it is a six to seven book series. Am I right? Seven, I think seven. I think it is seven with Assassin's Blade. She's counting. She's counting. They're on her eight. Shelf. eight. As oh. eight. Assassin's Blade makes it eight. Oh, okay. Eight. And, you know, we'll throw in some in the in-between to give us some breather. So don't you fret. Okay. We're also starting with Throne of Glass. I know all the discourse. I read it with Throne of Glass for first. I don't want to read it with Assassin's Blade first. I will I not read it with Assassin's Blade first. I don't like, I don't want to start with a prequel. It wasn't written first. I don't want I'm I'm listening to the author here. I will I'll will do I have the reading order. She does, she does. All right, guys, thank you okay. so much for joining between the pages. Catch you on the next one. Bye.